Hello and welcome to the Curator's Salon podcast. Today my guest is Roy Tyson. Roy was previously a guest on the podcast in the spring of 2018 and I have invited him back to talk about the next iteration of Roy's People Art Fair. October sees the fifth uh, Roy's People Art Fair taking place at the Truman Brewery between the 3rd and 6th of October. Welcome Roy. Hello Gita. How are you doing? Yeah, good thanks. How are you? Yeah, very well, thank you. Um, it's really nice to catch up. I wanted to bring you back to talk about the next fair and then we can sort of talk about lessons learned and how the whole uh, project has evolved. So how has the project evolved? I mean, is it bigger? Is it more compact? So it's evolved, I mean, it's evolved massively, really. So I think, so when we first spoke, we had just had one event, um, which was fairly small. It started at um, Candid Arts Trust in September 2017. Between that one and the next one, we were we were sort of doubling the venue size. Actually, I think it was triple the venue size um, after the first event. Um, so it's kind of from going to nearly two years ago now, being with a venue that's um, probably compared to Truman Brewery now only a quarter of the size. Um, it's evolved hugely and. And that's in many different ways as well. It's so we've the last three events have all been at the Oxo Tower at the Barge House, um, and that that venue alone um, poses its own its own sort of issues in a way. But it's not only around it's twelve thousand square foot, but also it's kind of ten eleven rooms. And on top of that, we had space for an extra sort of thirty artists. Um, above what we did in the very first fair. So firstly, it evolved from being a small kind, almost a trial fair, into a much bigger fair very quickly. Um, and from that, you know, it became came, well, so many lessons. It was mad, really. Um, we lent on people a lot um, in terms of uh, freelancing, um, so at the time we had things like um, social media um, was was being outsourced um, and PR and marketing was being outsourced. And that helped us to grow because it was just something that we didn't have to deal with internally at the time. So we wanted to kind of make it as easy as possible for us in a way to help us take the next steps. Um, and then since doing April last year, then moved on to November last year, which again was at the Barge House, the Oxford Tower. We grew again by taking on more artists, um, dealing with bigger artists. Um, so we decided to go down the route of having a name there. So we had an artist called My Dog Size there, who's very well known in the street art world. Um, and then on top of that, we uh, collaborated with a charity called Centerpoint. Um, which was again a part of our growth so as we were going through each event and planning for each event we were um, collaborating more with you know different organizations um, and, and like Centerpoint um, to see what we could do. We went from there and then again into the one earlier this year in April um, which was our biggest event to date in terms of sales um, so we you know, being an art fair, you know, we love selling artwork, you know, at the event. 
you know, we choose awesome artists and we want them to make money out of it and sell some artwork. This past April was our biggest one by by far. We we nearly doubled the amount of art sales that we did in November last year. And I think that's just part of growth. That's part of how the art fair has become uh, or is becoming known on the sort of London art scene. Um, and that's another reason why we did it at the Oxo Tower for the last three uh, the last three events have all been there purely because we wanted to grow that fan base, if you like, of, of people that would recognise the fair, know where it is and know where to go, you know, will instantly see that it's it's there. So we're not dragging people all around London for every different and that is just that's just another reason why the whole event has grown. From April to this one in October this is letting us, so at the Trim Brewery, it's, it's a much bigger venue. Um, well, saying that, actually, it's not a bigger venue. It's about the same. The difference is it's all in one place rather than having 11 rooms and three floors. Now it's all on the ground floor, pretty much in one big room. And, um, and we're, allowed, we're able to get 92 artists um, on board, which... And usually we're working at around 80. We usually work at around 80 for the last three events. Um, so 92 is quite a nice increase. For us and, and the fair alone, um, it's just it's a massive risk, if you like. Um, it's going to that next level. Um, it's, well, it's taking the fair to the next level because it's putting it in the middle of freeze week, where we all know if anyone, if anyone knows the art world really well, They'll know that that's the biggest week of London um, for art. You know, anything art, it is that week. Um, and we ha and there is loads of other art fairs going on um, all over London. So those kind of things. That's I think that's sort of steps that have helped us grow, or reasons why we've grown. And this one is kind of it's getting us to. It's it's almost another stepping stone for where we want to be. Because um, next year I see it grow, I see it doubling in in size. Not not necessarily in in the amount of artists, but in the amount of space we can allow artists to have, which hopefully we'll be able to do. That's amazing. Because the Truman Brewery is a great option actually, because it's already known as an art destination over on Brick Lane. Will you be arranging like because that's an open plan space as well? Because you said you know previously. Mm -hmm large houses, um, you know, these small rooms. So are you going to be building walls for each of the artists to have that booth type of uh, display? So we've not gone down the booth display this time because um, our venue, uh, that the part of the Trim Brewery that we've picked, still a little bit on the small side for that. It's, it's a real tough one to, to decide when to go to the booths because essentially... As soon as you go to doing the booth system, you need double the amount of space per artist. Um, and if you're doing double the space, you're then probably charging double the money. Um, and you're also probably then cutting out a lot of artists that, you know, may have given it a go if it was half the price of, you know, of having that space. So we've gone down the route that, we, um, that we've always gone down. Um, offering two, three, and four-metre spaces, mm. it being 
almost i guess shared wall space they have their area they have their two meters or their three meters but you know they might be next to someone and and, and there might be a row of sort of four or five artists you know before there's a, a break or um so we've done that really to kind of to keep it accessible to more artists um and i think because of that um it's quite an quite a big reason why we um why we get a lot of uh first-time artists applying for a first-time artist it's a massive jump um from um probably not dealing with many galleries to then wanting to well actually you know you could go right back you could say that you could have a hobbyist artist that is doing something alongside a full-time job um but you know he's doing good work you know because we there's loads of artists that we've got they've got jobs um full-time jobs that are just doing it and their work is amazing um and they're creating it but they're not they've not um you know found that outlet at the moment to give them you know the the art the career in the art world that they want and um to be an artist you know and a lot of it's passion driven because you know art is a passion um so with having roughly around sort of 20 percent of artists out of the whole fair um exhibiting for the first time um i think what we what we are doing and, and the way we want to um to position the fair is to give access to as many artists um and giving them that platform will allow any artist to come along um well you know the, the exhibitors that we've got and it just opens their whole um it opens what they're doing to the art market as a whole and um so bringing them so you know i think if you put everyone in the same room for me it's giving uh, it's making everything equal so whether you have an artist that's you know never exhibited to an artist that's done loads of art fairs i don't think that's necessarily you know a thing I'd say to the new artist it's the biggest opportunity you'll get um, that you're completely in control of you know you're the person standing there representing your art and um, you know if if you get in a gallery come along you won't know who the gallery is but it gives you the opportunity to reach that person and that gallerist might be looking for an artist you know to take around the world at affordable art fairs or you know any of the art fairs um, so that, that's the opportunity and, and that's kind of that's what drives us in a way is giving that opportunity to artists to make their way you know yeah I mean this is one of the reasons I you know I'm often encouraging people to try out art fairs if they've only shown you know maybe in um, either open calls or open studios or something like that you know it's really putting their work in that in front of an audience and actually changing their peer group but massive experience and massive exposure that they wouldn't mm -hmm. as you say you know by being self-representing you know they're really in control of you know how much effort they put into it and some of the success that comes out of it as well yeah they really are and uh, not not even it's not even just what they do at at the event i mean we will tell every artist if you're going to do these fairs you need to be there for every minute that that door is open you need to be open to everyone that's looking at your work you know if there's only one person in that room you don't know who that one person is but that one person 
could open up a million doors for you. You know, it's, it's reaching out and making the most of every little thing. And then on top of that, as an event, we're always looking for new artists and, you know, new ways of working with people. We don't just look at the artists and choose who's the most popular. We look at, you know, who is doing the best artwork. And that then could snowball into things like being on the tickets, being on fair guides, images being used, you know, for branding, um, images being used in the, uh, the press release that will go out to, you know, all the bloggers and newspapers, websites. So the opportunity is much bigger than just taking your space and seeing if you can sell a couple of prints. Um, which is sometimes the mentality that some people come with. But um, for me, it's, you know, you've got to look at it as a, you're part of something. We're not the kind of fair that, that want to just take people's stand fee, give them their walls and their lights and that's it, you know, walk away from it. We're interested in working with them and, you know, really seeing how we can promote them. Um, even down to we give every, we give every artist um, an Instagram takeover day which allows them to reach, you know, our following directly. And there's no catch to it. It's just, you know, that's what comes with exhibiting with us because we want to support support the artists. So it is, an op- it is a, a big opportunity, I think, um, without it sounding egotistical. No, I don't like, agree. I mean, you know, the artists take over on the Insta, you know, I've been um, responsive to in the past and it's always really great to... Um, you know, sort of actually get the voice and the tone and as well as obviously the visuals of each of the artists that are coming through, you know, especially as you build momentum mm. closer to the fair. How many artists are repeat uh, exhibitors at the fair? This one's quite strange, actually, because usually we see at the Barge House for the last three, we, get, we always get repeat exhibitors. Um, and usually there's around, I would say, maybe just under 20, I would say, in each fair. Maybe a bit more in a couple of them. Um, and we were, we were actually, what was great was we had, we still have a group of artists that were exhibited at the very first one that have come along the whole journey with us. Um, and now what we've seen at Truman is we've seen not just repeat exhibitors where um, they're, consistently doing art fairs with us but we've seen artists that have been a part of one of our earlier ones they're not exhibited and now have come back um which is amazing you know and i i don't know i don't know why that is i think it might be because um might be because we're at truman brewery it might be because we're in freeze week um might just be because people have well, actually, I mean, it could be that you don't like Barge House. You know, not every venue is for everyone, is it? What's quite difficult sometimes as, as uh, you know, the host is when you don't, you don't have a direct connection with all of these artists. So then when one, when one artist doesn't re-exhibit, you don't really find out why, you know, unless you go asking. Um, and then, but then to, for them to come back, um, which until we, until we kind of have face-to-face conversations with, with these guys, we'll be able to find out why. 
Well, um, they just had a whole lot of other stuff going on that year. Yeah, yeah, it could just be life. Um, but it would be, you know, it, it's just really good to see because one thing that we try to do is build rapport with all of our exhibitors as much as possible. For them to come back, you know, just allows us to keep, you know, interacting with them and, and you know, um, getting to know them better, really. And, and, you know, we've built friendships out of, out of artists that you know are, are our exhibitors you know but actually now are really good mates and you'd love to go to the pub all night and drink with them community is a huge part of of the whole the whole thing because even next tuesday we've got a network event um just for the exhibitors um but we we base ourselves at, at great art um in london the art supply store and we just invite all of the artists to come along. Um, and there's, you know, there's loads of them coming along um, because they've not met us before. They've probably got a ton of questions. You know, if they can come along, have a chat, and they go down really well, you know, just by giving artists that sort of that openness. You know, we're not, just, we're not just artists that sit behind a computer and, you know, don't want anything to do with them. We genuinely want this to be a successful experience for everyone no that seems to be one of the differentiators of um, Roy's people art fair particularly you know the community I think you've got a Facebook group as well only for exhibitors mm-hmm. um, you know all of that so they get to know each other meet each other um, before exhibiting you know so actually they're on the adventure together when fair time comes yeah absolutely and uh, the a lot of the time with the network events, people won't know any of the other exhibitors. So they'll come along, you know, nervous because they're thinking, what am I walking into? And then they'll go away, having met a couple of exhibitors, that when it comes to setting up on the fair day, which is a massively daunting day, you know, there's familiar faces for them to, to see and, and, you know, bounce off. And that then reflects basically onto the visitors. Yeah, I mean, I was at the uh, opening night for the last one, and it was, it was a really high vibe evening, you know, it was great, there's lots of familiar faces, both artists and visitors as well. Um, yeah, that was, it was actually a really excellent night. Working with so many artists, what have you found to be the difference between the ones that are easy to work with and successful versus those who are not so? We've dealt with around 400 artists like exhibitors now and one thing that we've found is that the people that the artists that are responsive and read the material that we give them um take on board everything we say or not not take on board but well use it you know we don't want to be patronizing to tell people this is what you have to do but we give it we give tips to uh, well we give a lot of advice um, with you know this is what you could do for the fair so what we find what we find is artists just um are quite a lot of them don't engage so one thing i've seen is if i was a gallerist and i had an artist that just that didn't reply that never that sent you bad information or um or wrong information I just didn't do anything, you know, to help with the relationship, then 
I think that that gallerist will put them down the pecking order. The ones that will do well out of it will be the ones that will just pick up on every everything that we're offering them. You know, so they will read the manual word for word. And then they'll come back to us with questions still, um, which is absolutely fine. You know, we can't answer everything, um, but it's there to you know to cover cover the basics. You know, uh, well, I suppose more than the basics. You know, to, it's quite in depth. If you've given all the information, I don't think you should be getting an email saying, "What time does the fair open on a Thursday?" You know, and it's those kind of things that unfortunately happen as an event. We we need a lot of information from artists whether it be about artwork it might be because we need the information for the instagram takeover um it could be because we are looking to feature an artwork you know in something on the website or whatever it is and if that information doesn't come back it that opportunity goes you know it just it will disappear because all we'll do is we'll probably look for someone else to feature to be um to be straight about it but the ones that do you know solidly give everything you know because they're part of it and want to be part of it we'll support them you know in every way possible and i think they just come come to the event they'll be engaged with everything you know they'll have they'll have looked at what we've suggested when it comes to setting up they won't be worried about where they've got to park the car it's that level of information that I think artists really need to take on board as a whole, you know, just to make just to make it easier for anyone who's organising to deal with them directly, you know, and, and work with them properly. Well, that's great advice for, you know, actually stepping into a more professional zone with the art, you know, the whole art business side of um, exhibiting as well. Um, I wanted just quickly to talk about uh, next year. You've got the fair in April in London and then you also have a show in Glasgow how did that come around yeah so Glasgow came about because um, I've been looking to take the fair out of London well ever ever since the start really ever since the start of setting up the art fair although I knew I had to grow its reputation in London I also have big ambitions for it worldwide um, and always have done it's never been any different um and but one problem with it is just sort of working out that time to do it and where to do it um so we looked all around the uk to start with um just because it was we wanted to take the fair out of london but we thought you know maybe overseas isn't the best thing um for our first event you know away from home if you like and so we looked at we looked at the major cities in the UK. Um, so we looked at Scotland and we looked at Edinburgh and Glasgow. And what we what we found was a growing art scene. Again, um, we found that Edinburgh was very much if it wasn't the Fringe Festival, then you know there's not many other times of the year to do it. You know, so if you can't get into somewhere with the Fringe Festival to piggyback off of, you know, that worldwide market that, that alone, you know, attracts, um, then is it worth it? And also they just don't have the venues there. So we looked at Glasgow because of the 
I mean, Glasgow is very famous for the the School of Art there, the Turner Prize winners, um, the, the amount of successful artists that have come out of um, the Glasgow School of Art in particular. And we kind of, I don't know, we were just inspired by it really, going up there and, and speaking to speaking to loads of different organisations that are in the Scottish art market, you know, to help us sort of map out where to go. Because also Dundee was a potential, but we don't see Dundee as, as a major city at the moment. And also where Glasgow is fairly close to Edinburgh, you know, it, it's going to pull people from, from Edinburgh as well. So we went, we went to Glasgow and we, we spoke to loads of people we did loads of um, loads of scouting for venues, and um, it just felt it felt right um, to host a smaller event. So the event isn't going to be as big as the London ones. It's probably going to be a lot more the size of our very first London event um, at Candid Arts Trust, just to get to get the ball rolling. Really, um, but it's the first of its kind in Glasgow which seemed really attractive to us um, because they've got the uh, Glasgow Contemporary Art Fair, which has been running for a fair few years. Um, very much gallery be- uh, based, um, but we can see that, you know, just them alone running for, I think they've been going for 10 years um, or there or thereabouts. You know, we can see that, okay, you know, they do it once a year. There's something there, you know, there is, um, an incredible amount of artists based in Scotland so we know that the artists are there um, but we just don't think the opportunity has been created for a artist-led fair you know like ours where they where people come and discover Scottish-based artists which is something that we we want to use as a uh, attraction if you like um, for the event we're going to have a number of artists that you know will be Scottish but I think that just comes with you know being in Scotland so kind of juggling loads of different things and it was a bit like why not you know why not it's got a massive market there really nowhere near as big as London um, but there is an art market there and it's growing the amount of galleries every year in Glasgow and Edinburgh is growing you can just like you know the amount of um, artists that come out of the the uh, Glasgow School of Art, you know, is phenomenal. So it's kind of it's appealing in many ways, um, and it's a challenge. You know, it's a, it is a challenge taking it up there. A smaller opportunity than London, but you know, you can't compete with London because it's one of the art capitals of the world. But I think it's going to be really interesting, actually, having a different type of art fair on the Glasgow art scene as well, as you say, it's mm. a very rich um, creative scene. There are a lot of galleries, as you say, um, popping up, you know, in Glasgow and Edinburgh, actually, all the time. So, uh, yeah, it's mm. going to be really interesting to have this sort of different format and particularly for artists to be showing directly as well and not through galleries necessarily. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And we want to, um, we want to create what we've created in London or, say, to create it, what we're creating, you know, everywhere because we're always building. But we want to, um, and we, we already are, we're building a network of uh, people, of um, gallerists, 
bloggers, culture, culture sites, all of that in Scotland now. Um, even we're, we're speaking to Creative Scotland and they're backing us, you know, they're like, yeah, absolutely. This is 100% something that um, Scotland needs. Um, and as well as loads of others um, in all different sort of mediums, really. Um, so since approaching them, I'd actually say the um, response from organisations has been stronger than what we what we get in London because there's just less, you know, there's less of our type of events going on. So they're seeing what we're doing and they love it and they want to support it. And hopefully that will just help, you know, grow the whole thing and get us off the ground in Glasgow. Well, it sounds amazing. I can't wait to see um, that fair. I think it's going to be really interesting. Maybe we should speak uh, closer to that fair because it'd be mm. great to see what, how that fair might even differ aesthetically or, you know, if there are particular dominant media or styles and things coming through as well and how those fairs would differ from your London ones. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's even... Just looking at the applications that we're already receiving, even the style of artwork, you know, has been slightly different. Um, you know, stuff that we wouldn't usually get applications from for the London stuff. I don't know why. I don't know. Maybe people see London as, you know, too um, too contemporary sometimes or I don't know. But it's just already we're seeing a, a difference um, in the type of artist. So I'm sure it's going to be a, a completely different event we plan to do it yearly so this is a uh it's not by all means not a one-off um this is a long-term project um rather than doing two in london um which we're going to carry on um we're not going to copy that in scotland we're just going to go with one a year um but we want to do the one and then keep growing it every year the one thing that scotland also has the opportunity to do is to dot around a little bit so if we find that a venue does become available during the Edinburgh Fringe, then it's a possibility that we could go there. Well, that is amazing. Thanks so much for sharing all of that insight and the, you know, the planning and ambitions for the fair. Where can people find you online? So it's roysartfair.com. And if you're on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter, it is all at Roy's Art Fair. Fantastic. Thank you, Roy. Um, I look forward to the next fair and I can't wait to see you soon. Brilliant. Thank you very much. The Curator Salon hopes you enjoyed this production.